You know what? We have this lovely little show called The Week in IndyCar Guest Q&A Experience. And who do we have on that experience? We have the mighty fine pilot, the number eight Husky Chocolate, Chip Ganassi Racing, Honda IndyCar. That's a lot of words for a car and a, and a team. And even your name thrown in, Marcus Erickson. A, how you doing? And B, how you doing since I saw you like 24 hours ago at one of my home tracks? WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Yeah, it was great to see you, Marshall. It's been a while, so that was that was awesome. Um, awesome to be in Laguna Seca. Uh, it's such a cool place and obviously an amazing track to drive. Uh, and how I am? Yeah, I'm 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 back in Indy now. It's been uh, been a, a bit of a travel day. You know, it's uh, you know coming from Europe, you think America is just you know obviously one country but it's it's a big country so yeah it took me all, all day to get back here to indy but now i'm in the sofa in my apartment in indy and uh yeah talking to you well good. that's not a great way to end your wednesday but we'll uh <laughs> we'll do our best so got there yesterday uh our man your teammate dario Franchitti, was parked overlooking turn four doing his driver observing coaching stuff so i stopped and he and i chatted for about i don't know 20 minutes or whatever till we both went into the paddock and the first thing he mentioned was or paraphrasing but boy uh grip uh not a lot of that on offer today so between <laughs> sand being blown onto the race course the fact that it's just old in a highly worn surface and it was a little bit colder than expected Tell us about your uh, your day at Laguna in what I would call suboptimal grip conditions. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a good summary. You know, it was very slippery out there uh, yesterday. We had, uh, like you said, uh, a bit lower track temp and ambient temps than than what we were were maybe hoping or expecting. So it just made it uh, tricky out there, you know, and then. It was extremely low grip. Um, we still managed to go through, you know, our test program. I think, you know, we we did learn some stuff and, and continue to work on things we have been focusing on over the off-season. So it was still a productive day, but obviously it will be very different when it's 25-something cars on track and uh, a whole lot uh, warmer weather, uh, which will be when we come back in september so uh, it's definitely going to be different then but uh, still you know it's good to be out driving you can always learn something and like i said we, we had a pretty hectic test program that we went through and um some good lessons learned another quick follow-up question on this marcus so you and your other teammates uh there's scott dixon there's jimmy johnson i don't really remember the other guy's name but maybe maybe it'll come to me at some other point in time uh you guys head out, the, the team makes the long drive from Indianapolis to California to do the single day test in and of itself that tells you and tells everyone, hey, we're not here to play around, fart around and, you know, go slowly. We're here to try and learn a ton of things in the limited time we have, because then we all climb onto planes at the end of the day, take a red eye home or whatever it might be. But long travel, single day, got to get a lot of stuff done when you find the conditions aren't exactly what you were hoping for, how do you adjust what you do behind the wheel? 
I know you'd love to be at maximum attack at all times. Sometimes the surface isn't ready to hold on to those tires to allow you to stay on the track if you were to do that. How do you tailor your testing plan and your approach to driving when maybe the track isn't exactly perfect for everything you might want to do? Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that you have to master being an IndyCar driver, to, to be honest, because we go to so many different tracks with different surfaces and different grip levels. So, you know, even going here to Laguna, I mean, Laguna is always a low grip surface, uh, but it was a bit more extreme than we were used to yesterday. But, you know, it's all about trying to, to you know, change your driving a bit to to them circumstance and be able to adapt to it you know i think that's one of the the key words you need to adapt to the conditions that you have uh, for any given day and and that's what we have to do and and you know you never know in a race weekend you you know it's always surprises in race weekends as well sometimes you go to tracks where you know the grip isn't what you expect or the grip is more than you expect or less you know it's, it's always stuff like that's going on during a race season as well so think as a team and as a driver you need to be able to adapt to to those challenges and 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 that's how you sort of learn from it as well i love it well let's get into the questions sent in by our dear listeners many of whom are, are clearly fond of you only one or two i'm not t- not so sure but you know we'll, we'll find out <laughs> you're always good fun here let's go with our pal justin holmes to open he says, Marcus, you now have, I hadn't, I hadn't realized this till he mentioned it. You now have the second longest tenure at Ganassi. He says, how do you feel your leadership has stepped up within the team? And do you feel as prepared as ever to bring home some trophies? It's funny, I guess. It's Dixon, then you, with one year. and Everyone else is new. So <laughs> I guess you get to haze the rookies there a little bit. What's this all about? Yeah, I have a bit of a way to go to catch up on Dixon then uh <laughs> was he on year 20 or something so <laughs> so yeah uh but, but yeah joking aside I think it's uh it's obviously great to continue with the uh, Chip Ganassi Racing it's such a great team in in everything they do really and, and to be part of that is uh, it's uh, something I'm very proud of and uh, going into my second year is definitely a, a big difference because like anything, you know, when you change teams, come to new teams, uh, new places to, to work, you know, you, you need to get to know the people, get to know the system, the the way they work and so on. So for me to go into year two together is, is a big difference. And uh, uh, I really feel confident going into this year that, you know, we can produce some really, really good results and, and, and run up front. So. I'm, I'm super excited. I know the team is excited as well. And, and I really feel, uh, I really do feel at home in, in championship racing. So it's, um, it's very positive. Are you comfortable as well, Marcus, if things aren't going the way that you want, maybe you think whatever your beliefs on chassis direction or other aren't being heard. Are you comfortable being forceful in a, you know, engineering meeting or all teams meeting that kind of stuff? I don't mean to be a jerk, but that's often a bit of a sign of how someone is <laughs> feeling within a team if they're willing to push the boundaries or not quite yet. Yeah, I, I do feel comfortable doing that. I think, you know, that's something, you know, coming from, from Formula One, uh, especially, uh, you have a big, um, 
role in that in, in Formula One as a driver, and and obviously it's the same in IndyCar, and and but also like you say, you need to get to know the people, get to know the team, and and sort of see how, how everything works. But I do really feel that you know me as a driver, the team is listening to me, and and also we have a really good sort of working atmosphere there with the drivers and engineering team. Uh, obviously Scott. Uh, and myself and other drivers, we discuss a lot of things together uh, to move forward as a team. Um, but yeah, that that feels uh, feels really good, and I think that's one of the reasons why we, like last year, were were competitive pretty much everywhere we went. Next question here talks about driving style. Comes from Michael A. Kennedy. It says Marcus, now that you have two full seasons under your belt in the IndyCar series. I just got to mention it. It's kind of crazy to me. You're starting your third season, brother. It feels like you just got here. Um, he says, now that you're starting that third season, what are some of the key changes you've noticed that you've made about your driving style, if any, to accommodate the different and heavier Indy cars? Are there things you've changed in the way that you drive or just adapted? Yeah, I think one of the things when I came over here was I was so used to the f1 cars with the power steering and then sort of extremely high grip levels um that you know i think i i sort of underdrove the cars here i think to be successful in the car you need to really hustle the car and be really aggressive with the car and and that was something that i it wasn't natural for me coming here and i worked a lot on that and i feel like i've improved that a lot uh, it's still something i'm sort of uh, yeah, trying to improve it even more because I think, especially for qualifying, uh, it's something that's important that you are aggressive and, and you know really hustle the car around uh, to to be really fast. Um, I think that's one of the biggest thing in driving style that I've had to sort of change coming from F1, where I feel like it's more precision and, and you need to be obviously aggressive in a way, but you need to be very precise and, and smooth in the way you drive. Whereas here in IndyCar, you're going out and hustling the car, which is a lot of fun, but very different. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of the maximum attack using the vehicle to attack mindset, it sounds like, compared to maximum attack in F1, where you know the car uh, is capable of, of holding a greater responsibility for your outright lap time. Not saying you're not having to drive the wheels out of it, or everyone else has, but in IndyCar, if you don't almost wring the thing's neck and kill it every lap, you won't be rewarded with outright lap time. Yeah, exactly. And that's just exactly what it is. You know, it's as difficult in both uh, categories, I would say, but just in a very different way. Let's go to <laughs> some fun questions here. JJ Gertler, uh, he's, we also have one from uh, Damien, the IndyCar Brit. They both say, Marcus, what advice... Uh, would you have for Romain Grosjean and maybe any other F1 drivers who might be thinking about moving to IndyCar? I know that Romain said he did reach out to you. What do you tell someone like that who's considering it, never done it, and can look to someone like you who's now getting ready for year three? What do you tell them? It's a lot of fun. Come play or stay out of here. I'm enjoying myself too much. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's it's funny you ask get that question i think you know roman obviously was in contact with me and also other drivers have been talking to me obviously back in europe to to try and ask how it is and what i tell everyone that asked me is just go for it if you get the chance uh, 
I have really enjoyed my time here. I think the racing is great. Uh, I know everyone says this, especially everyone that comes from F1, but it is true that the fact that you have a chance to win, a chance to be on the podium uh, every weekend, uh, it really does mean a lot uh, for you as a driver, and that's super enjoyable. Uh, and also the fact that you know the, the level of competition in IndyCar these days is so high that it's so rewarding to sort of do good results in this category. So, uh, yeah, everyone that asks me, I, I tell them that, you know, don't think twice about it. If you get a chance, you need to go and, and race an IndyCar because it's so much fun. Possibly the most important question of the entire episode is up next, Marcus. This comes from uh, Joey of the Priuses. He says, with your old F1 buddy, Romain Groschon, joining IndyCar this year, the old Erickson hit us meme machine will probably be <laughs> fired up again. He asks, are the Erickson hit us memes actually funny at all to you anymore? Or did they get old after like the third one? It, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny when it happened and it sort of went on, but then it's sort of, it never stopped. I, I get it <laughs> constantly. And I don't know how many years it's been now. And then obviously now when Roman even when it's the talk started about him maybe coming here, they started to come back again. A lot of people were commenting about it on my social media. And then obviously now when it's announced, it's been, it's been quite a lot about it. So let's see. I'm sure if, if we if we ever touch wheels next year, which, you know, it's, it's probably going to happen at some point, and, uh, then, then it's going to go bonkers on social media. It should be fun. Is it, right. <laughs> is it strange of me, Marcus, to want him to hit you? So you finally, although you had nothing to do with Romain crashing in, at Azerbaijan under the pace car by himself, you had nothing to do with it. But nonetheless, we still have this meme that haunts you. Is it strange of me <laughs> to hope that you will finally be vindicated and have your own Romain hit us meme? Right. I mean, if the world balances itself at all, this is going to happen, but hopefully it doesn't take you out of the race. I was going to say, as long as it doesn't take me out of the race or, or sort of hurt my car, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I, I see what I see your point there. I think that could be quite, quite nice to sort of have that revenge. Let's, let's call it that. So yeah, <laughs> coming, let's, let's see what happens <laughs> to the NTT IndyCar series in 2021 meme wars. Oh my God. We're falling <laughs> apart already. My butt. My brother. All right. Uh, let's see. Where do we go? Where do we go? All right. We'll get a little, tiny bit more serious. Anthony Daniel says, now that you've experienced both, says, how do you compare the driver talk from F1 to IndyCar? He says, why do you think some drivers view IndyCar, F1 drivers view IndyCar as maybe less and the drivers as less? Do you think there's any attitude in IndyCar about F1 drivers? Just curious, and I know some of those are stereotypical things, not saying they're always rooted in fact, but now that you've been on both sides, you think there's anything to that kind of cross-argument of who's better or worse or more entitled or otherwise? I don't know. I think it's it's, it's a bit of a different environment. Uh, F1, I would say, is a bit more, you know, everything is a bit more private in a way. You know, you, you are very tied up by your team you have a very hectic schedule and, and you sort of go in and out of the races uh, race weekends and, and you're very busy uh, i feel like in the car 
it's a little bit more open. You know, the paddock area is open. You sort of run into the other drivers more. We do more stuff, I feel like, outside the track and in the car together. So it's a bit more of a sort of friendly environment off track and in the car um, in, in a more natural way, I would say, than, than in F1. Um, so it's definitely a bit different. Uh, I feel like in F1, it's a bit more everyone on their own sort of thing. Um, so I think that that's different, but I think it has a lot to do as well with the way the championship is built up and the way the paddock is and, 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 and all the, those kind of things. But, um, uh, yeah, I would say that that's the biggest thing I've, I've felt. One thing that stands out to me, Marcus, that might be another thing you could provide insight on. If we come back to Roma, for example, he had mentioned in some of his interviews last week that prior to his big crazy crash, he was planning to do the full calendar, ovals included. After the big crash, yeah, I'm going to do the road and street courses to start. Maybe the ovals some other time. Jimmy Johnson coming here from NASCAR, the winningest oval driver in the series, right? When he comes in as a rookie, He'll have more oval victories than anybody in the IndyCar field. Granted, realize it's from NASCAR, but just saying someone who we might suggest among the finer oval drivers on the planet, he has said, road and street courses, not going to do the ovals. This feeds into the next question a little bit um, from Evan Cade talking about thoughts about ovals, having done them now for a couple of years. What's your thought on this topic that when some folks, whether it's a NASCAR champ or a Formula One veteran or Romain coming to the Sears this year saying, those ovals are a little bit too risky in my mind. I don't want to do them right away. Where are you on this topic, having come in, embrace them, run well on them? Can you still understand why a Jimmy or Romain might say, give me a year of road and street courses before I, I take that big plunge? Yeah, I, I can understand it, and I respect that for sure. Uh, I think for me, I, I also, you know, I'd never experienced anything like oval racing before coming here uh, in 2019, and you definitely had some sort of question marks in, in your mind. But I think for me, coming here to IndyCar, I wanted to to, to sort of do the whole thing, you know, and, and ovals for me is a big part of IndyCar and American racing. So, so for me, I, I really wanted to, to give it a shot and see how it felt. And, and from, to be honest, from the first lap I did on oval, I was, I was, uh, super freaking out when I got to Texas for the first oval test. That was, uh, was an interesting experience, but, but from the lap one onwards, you know, I, I just loved the, loved it. I just think the, 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 the way you have to drive on an oval, the speeds, um, it's just something very different to anything else. And that sort of adrenaline combined with the way you have to concentrate, uh, it just gives a sensation that's hard to get from anything else. And then when you put another 20, 30 cars around you, <laughs> it just adds to that uh, sensation. And, and I really do love the, the oval racing. I think it's a lot of fun to, to race. And uh, it's, it's something I really enjoy with IndyCar racing. Um, for sure, there is uh, a bit of a higher uh, risk involved 
with it uh, naturally with the speeds you know being higher and so on but i think there as well you know in the car has done great job uh with trying to improve the safety and has to improve the safety and it's always pushing to try and improve the safety there so uh, I think that is great to see, but of course, as a driver, you always have to take into account uh, the risks every time you strap into your car. So that's why, you know, I, I respect uh, the guys that don't want to do it. Uh, but for me, that was uh, that was never an option for me coming here. I, I wanted to sort of yeah do the whole thing, and uh, and like I said, from from the get go, I really enjoyed my time on the ovals and think it's a lot of fun. I love it. There's another aspect to this, Marcus, that maybe some of your uh, longstanding European fans, Formula One fans, are, are always trying to pick up some of the smaller specifics of what makes oval racing so unique or different, other than the fact that you were just going in circles. I mean, that's the obvious part. But <laughs> if we think about your life prior to IndyCar, you dedicated you know, every waking moment seemingly trying to perfect your skills as a road racer that is going quickly to the next corner trying to carry as much speed in whether it's trail braking or just lifting slightly but attacking each corner with the goal of maximizing your speed through maintaining as much speed as possible continuing on to the next corner if you get to again whatever theoretical corner at a high rate of speed on a road course if you find out that maybe you pushed it a little bit too far, I'm not saying you can back out and save it easily, but you can break if there's curb, if there's runoff, you might spin. There'll be something, but there's at least half a chance you can save the car and probably enough runoff for you to not be super worried if you get overly aggressive and it doesn't quite work out. You mentioned Texas uh, for you know first laps in an, on an oval. Well, how do you go quickly at Texas? Well, it's by attacking the corners. Well, what if you attack a little bit too much, Marcus, while learning? Well, you can't really hit the brakes too hard because then you unsettle the car and potentially go spinning a very short distance into a very hard wall at 200 plus miles an hour. Can you share with folks that conversation you had to have with yourself while learning to drive on ovals in the very beginning because backing out and uh went a little too hard uh, but i'll be okay yeah you can't rely on that at texas <laughs> or indy or other places there's no runoff there's a wall and pain and damage that has to be a pretty crazy thing to to wind up in your mind process and accept yeah definitely and i think that's another thing that sort of uh you know, if you look at the road courses these days, uh, more and more of the new road courses that comes up on the calendar, they have run-ups everywhere and, and do get criticized for that because it's, it's like you say, it's easy to go over the limit and you don't have to pay anything for it. You, you just run off, off the track or you run off the, through, the, through the runoff and you continue going. So you can sort of play around or try and find the limits of your car, of the track and everything in a pretty easy way, if you want to call it that way. Uh, ovals is more back to sort of the old school type of racing where you have to build it up. You know, you, you, like you say, you don't have room to go 
a bit too fast and have a moment because if you go a bit too fast and have a moment and get off the line, you're in the wall. That's end of story. And if you're in the wall on no wall, that's that's pretty much the end of the day. Or yeah, uh, you have a big chance. So you have to build it up. You need to build the car. You need to take it step by step. Um, it's a whole sort of different approach to to driving. Uh, a lot more like the old school way. Uh, that racing used to be and that's something that i enjoy you know i enjoy that challenge where you sort of have to force yourself you need to push yourself to go faster and faster and faster to try and find that limit and when you get to that limit you need to balance on that limit without going over it because if you go over it you know you you're in the wall and you're in the wall hard so uh, that's another thing that i really enjoy with the ovals you know you, you of course you never want to get hurt but i think it is good for the racing that you you sort of have to, you know, the best oval racers, they know how to balance on that limit, uh, on that edge of the car without going over it. And I think that's a skill that's uh, sort of fading a bit in, in road uh, racing uh, these days, the way the modern tracks are are built. So that's another thing that I, I, I really, you know, I, I enjoy the old school tracks in general. And I think ovals is, is, is sort of that mindset that you need as well there's some sort of insane flaw in your brain and every other IndyCar driver who races on ovals. For sure. And we love sure. it. Like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm half kidding, but yeah, yeah, the, the heart and the will and the risk to do these things, they really are what separate IndyCar drivers from so many other drivers. And I'm not saying other drivers don't take, crazy risks in what they do. But when you have some of the world's finest drivers saying, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Long beach. Can't wait. Uh, mid Ohio. Woohoo. Uh, road America. You bet. Indianapolis, <laughs> Texas. What? A nope. Not a chance. Uh, I just love it. Uh, let's see. Why don't we go with Brian Burrell? We got two questions here about teammates. Brian starts us off says, Marcus, how is it being teammates with Scott Dixon? It's probably the worst part of the job, uh, Brian, but I'll let him tell that story. Uh, <laughs> says, obviously, he's a legend, so you want to learn from and respect him. But at the same time, you want to beat him. He says the last teammate uh, to truly do that regularly was Dario Franchitti and Dan Weldon. He asks, what is it like inside the team and for you, uh, knowing that you're trying to beat someone who's been with the team for 20 years? He also asks, where can I buy some Husky chocolate and Indy? All right, that was a lot of a lot of things. Uh, no, first of all, it's it's a huge honor to be teammate with uh, with Scott. You know, he's he is truly a legend and one of the best uh, ever in this sport. So to be his teammate, it's uh, it's just a great experience. And you know, on top of being a great driver, he's also a fantastic person. So yeah, uh, that's been been awesome so far. And I think we we work together in a really good way. I feel like we we sort of see set up and the way we work is very similar. So that's been been really really good. Uh, of course, I I want to beat him and 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 that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm not gonna stop trying to do that. Uh, but obviously, like we said, he's 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 one of the best, and and that's why it's also great to have him as a teammate because you can always compare data and and sort of compare yourself with with him and, and knowing that if you can be on his level or better, you will be right up there and, and, and fight for the wins. So 
So that's a great, great thing to have. Uh, and husky chocolate. Can I think, they uh, just the go best, over your house? The best. Can they just come over yeah, your exactly. house and get some? Just, just come over to my house, and I have the fridge full here and give out. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And I, I, I don't think there is uh, available in, in Indianapolis at the moment. This whole COVID thing delayed the whole America, uh, you know, bringing the products to America. So hopefully. Uh, during this year, it should be a bit more uh, easy for, for everyone in America to get it. All right. We're, yeah, that answers one other question here from Dean Ackerman, who wants some. And we should clarify for those who think it's a candy bar. It's not. It's, it's, no, no, it's liquid. It's a drink. Yes. It's a drink. We have, it's cold. The one sort of you pick up in a supermarket or fuel station. And then there is the hot chocolate uh, that they have on like all the not maybe not all, but a lot of ski resorts in Sweden and, and Europe. Uh, the hot chocolate there, which is very popular. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, hopefully soon it will be here all over in America. All right, we have two questions to go. I'll I'll, I'll save the other teammate question for last. Um, <laughs> Henrik, good. yeah, Henrik Lenander says, "I heard from another great podcast here in Sweden." that maybe you will pursue a career as a commentator when you retire asks, is that true? Cause that would be great. I just need to mention <laughs> you're still really young, man. I hope the word, I hope you can't even spell the word retire because that's 15, 20 years away. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to, I want to keep driving for as long as possible and, and hopefully in IndyCar for, for many, many years to come. So, so yeah, that's, that's the plan. Uh, but yeah, I think what he's referring to, I was on another Swedish podcast and they were asking me about what what to do after the racing career. And and, and yeah, I said probably I, I like talking. I like talking about racing. So yeah, something to do with, with media and racing is probably some somewhere where I could end up. So yeah, but hopefully that's, like you say, 15, 20 years uh, away still. <laughs> I like how you said another Swedish podcast. And, and I assume... You say that because you know that I'm the son of a Saab and Volvo expert, and I worked for many years as a Saab and Volvo mechanic, plus owned many of the fine products made in your homeland. So, uh, yes, Marshall Pruitt's Swedish IndyCar podcast coming to uh, a really bad, bad podcast feed near you. All right, let's close with uh, maybe my favorite question. Again, I don't really remember this guy's – I'm struggling to place – that who this is it comes in from some guy named alex pello who asks marcus who is your favorite spanish teammate yeah so i i so it sort of rings a bell that name uh like alex a little bit Pello. but not much right yeah i i can't really put into context from where i've seen or heard that name but but yeah talking about best teammate i i i yeah i've been thinking about if I've had a Spanish teammate, but I think the only one I can remember is Roberto Mary, which was my teammate in cage from F1. He was he a was reserve driver there. So, so yeah. good. Like, yeah, of must, all the young be, Spanish drivers. Must be him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, to the point where you don't even remember <laughs> anyone else, right? That's how good Roberto was. So, just kidding. We uh, love ourselves. Some Alex Pelot, great friend of the podcast. And, uh, well, let's, you know, we close on a, on a bit of a jokey thing. But since you're now the second oldest driver at uh, the Chip Ganassi IndyCar team, Marcus, of course, having Jimmy there is amazing, right? That guy's a living legend. But tell me about this, this young punk. 
from uh, from Spain with one year of experience. Tell me, let's just close talk about his him and what he's brought because uh, I know you guys are getting along quite well already. Yeah, we do. And uh, all joking aside, you know, he's he's uh, he's first of all a great guy. You know, he's he's a great kid, and uh, we have spent some time together here in in Indy and at the shop and and. Uh, yeah, he's a really great guy, and, and we get along really well. And and then, of course, he's a super fast racing car driver, and I think he showed that last year already in his rookie season. And then also now in testing, you know, he's been really fast and, and been doing a good job and really got into the team in a good way. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Like you said, we have a great team uh, going into this season with, with me and Scott and Alex and, and Jimmy. You know, I think we have four really uh, strong drivers with very different backgrounds and experiences so i think together we we're gonna form a really really strong team to take on the the rest of the competition in the car i love it marcus i'm gonna let you continue to slide deeper into that super comfortable couch uh rest up from a busy day of work (laughs) out here in california and hopefully get a chance to speak to you again soon here, my friend. Thanks, as always, for taking some time. You know, it's really appreciated. No worries. Thanks for having me, Marshall.